0: Of a chick life world hello welcome back where no topic is left unturned and we're just so glad that you are here to listen to this really important albeit a little bit eccentric episode now we decided to talk about this episode all about where the word chick comes into the name of our podcast where does it and- come from zoe why why are we the chicks yeah, And so many people are going to be able to relate to this, people who have worked with us before, because as you well know, a chick has no feathers and a chick can't fly. So we like to liken our sobriety at the beginning, so living alcohol-free, as being having a sober chick. So we all go like this when we have a little sober chick. Oh, That's- a little baby. Can you just...
1: Zoe's holding up your hands for people who can't see. And we've got... This so little chick. newborn chick, it's all wet and soggy from cracking out of its egg. Well, that's how they come out.
0: Now I'm thinking like it's all clean and done, okay? So okay, <laughs> Zoe's is clean and done and dry and warm. What happens is that we have to look after this sober chick, right? If we try to um, run or fly before we can waddle, then it's not going to work out right this this chick has to grow feathers before it can fly now because we live in a world of immediate gratification it's really difficult to wait for a sober chick to grow up when we've decided as well we've said okay i'm stopping drinking that's it we want it now right and what happens when we want it now and we don't have any feathers lily
1: what happens? it it we end up trying to use willpower. And this poor little chick in my hands, mine is now dry and warm like Zoe's. And, it, and you can just picture it standing up on its little spindly legs, trying to push against something like a craving. And all of us, it doesn't really matter how strong you are, willpower will fail eventually. Because yeah. it is relentless the, the pushback and we need to use curiosity instead of willpower. Cause this little chick and it's little tiny legs has a big brain, but it isn't very strong yet. And when we push against something, if you can imagine you are actually pushing your energy and power into that thing. And what we're going to do instead is use our brains so that we can outwit everything coming our way. We're not going to be able to power our way through, but we're smarter and we do have a lot of brain power. So rather than using willpower, we're going to, our little sober chicks are going to use curiosity and our brain power. And if, we go out and try to fly too soon, we're gonna fail.
0: You know, if you wake up in the morning, and you've said, and I know we've spoken about this before, but it's really important that it kind of like makes sense, is that willpower, we have a finite source. Uh, It's a source of energy, okay? It runs out, literally. So do you know that thing where you wake up in the morning and you feel like, I mean, horrendous, and you're like, okay, that's it. I am never drinking again. And then you find yourself, you go through the day, you have the normal stresses of the day, you have the demands, you have the things that are upsetting you, with even not even realizing in the subconscious. You might step out into the road and a car comes too close and you jump back and you're, you're, you're a bit scared and you're, you're, there's nothing you can do about it. But anyway, so your willpower is being slowly, slowly ground down. By the time it gets to six o'clock at night, depending on how stressful your day has been, you're out of it. There's none left. So it's totally, totally normal that you should then just reach for a glass of uh, whatever it is you drink. Yeah, that's what we do, it's normal. That's, That's just, that's how it works. That's how the brain works when we're working on willpower. So I think that what happens is it's with the chick is it's really important to remember that you want this change. And we know that Rome wasn't built in a day and sobriety is an alcohol-free life is not built in a day. It will take the time it takes. And that time is what will allow your feathers to grow. So it gives you time to learn about stuff, right? To open your eyes to what, what is alcohol? What's it doing to me? What is it exactly? What what where, When do I prefer to drink? What makes me drink? Do friends make me drink? Do I think that having fun is drinking? Can I not have a party without drinking? All this stuff that makes up your sort of, it's your drinking, your out, your drinking clothing, I call it. So all (laughs) the stuff that that you put on that that encourages you to drink or sustains your drinking, yeah? All that stuff is what's gonna give you feathers learning about it, recognizing these things. You're also going to have a toolbox, yeah? You start to create a toolbox. So you have ways of facing cravings, yeah? Like Lily said, your brain is incredibly um, easy to manipulate once you've understood it. And so what about, what tools would you use? What would you have in your toolbox to start off, Lily, if you were a
1: chick? My chick's number one tool is curiosity because curiosity trumps everything when let's say a a craving is coming my way i might have realized that i have associated or i did i associated my afternoon dog walk i would get home at five o'clock and i would have my first glass of wine while i fed the dog and started to make my own dinner So because I used curiosity, I figured that out. That tool helped me understand something about my drinking. I could now make a plan. So the next thing in my toolbox is my planner kit. I know that my brain, when I walk in the door, actually starting on the dog walk, I start to get a little cortisol dump that says, hey, pay attention, Lily. Because it's going to be time for my big brain dopamine hit the second you walk in that door, and if the brain doesn't get its dopamine hit, it's going to send the cortisol to give me a niggle. I want my dopamine. I want my it's dopamine.
0: Uncomfortable. That horrible feeling where you're kind yeah. of like uncomfortable in your own skin, right?
1: In my toolkit, I can pull out my plan, and it says, "Oh, you're going to have a mocktail when you get in," and clever me. I made up my mocktails before I went on my dog walk. So it takes no energy. Yeah. So instead of pouring wine, I'm going to get excited because I get to drink this delicious mocktail. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to have on my plan that I'm going to listen to a cool podcast or a Quitlet book on audio while I'm making my dinner. And that's going to keep my chick entertained. And it's gonna keep my chick focused. So those are my tools, the understanding what's going on, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having a a plan for it. Mm -hmm. And then here's the big one. I'm gonna have a backup plan. Whoa. Because if plan A doesn't work, I'm going for plan B. And so maybe I still have that niggle and maybe that my toddler brain is being particularly cranky today and it's saying ah mocktail schmocktail yeah i'm gonna go online to my support group and i'm gonna give someone a little message and say hey zoe yeah i'm having a little drinking niggle so i thought i would check in with you here and see what you have to say about that so i'm gonna call a friend love that and all of that is in my drinking toolbox for that scenario. And chances yeah. are I'm going to get that ch- scenario under control and then my little chick's going to be walking along doot doot everything is going great and I'm going to hit something new. And it's going to be a different trigger. What might that trigger be for you? Zoe, what did your chick just run into? Well,
0: I was just thinking about it and I was thinking also of the triggers of our clients. And uh, there was one that really stood out often was that people would associate, well, would think about driving or walking home. And invariably it would take them past the the store or wherever you get your alcohol and they pick up a bottle of something before they went home. And it was so ingrained in them. um, And actually I would do too. I'd go to the supermarket and buy myself five or six bottles to last me the week or the whatever, for the whatever, however long. The plan was to say, well, you're gonna to have to walk a different way. Yeah, yes. until yes. your chick has grown the feathers that allow it to actually walk past that liquor store or supermarket without uh, going in, then we just we just avoid it. We'll go another way. Yeah, right. and you might say it's avoidance, but it isn't. What it is, is it's giving you as much um, support that to stop triggering behavior right. your brain has got stuck in so it's got a pattern and it goes from work to the liquor store to home and drinks so all we want to do to start with uh, when we're baby chicks is to disrupt that pattern right so that's it what just, i call it yeah yeah rather than thinking you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna keep walking past but i'm gonna try not to go in it's bollocks it doesn't work you're gonna go in you know, we, we can't expect ourselves to be that strong with, you know, we, we don't have feathers. And then what do we do? We feel bad, we feel shame, we feel guilt because we did it again. And it's not, it's normal. It's one of the most addictive substances on this planet. And your brain wants it really badly. It thinks it needs it to survive. So the other things I was thinking also with, I love your idea of the plan is, um, you know, with friends, they say, let's go out um, to our local pub bar pub bar and you say well can we go out for lunch instead yes or can we go to the cinema instead or go bowling instead or let's go paddle boarding or jump off i don't know do something else that changes the dynamic around the pattern so we always start with disrupting the pattern because that's the best place to start because it allows you the space yeah the space from the actual activity itself which then enables you to start going Push, a feather comes
1: out <laughs> a little feather comes out you know it's so brilliant this disruption or interruption that you're talking about because so often in our brains or in our lives we think a fact happens and we have an emotional response and there's a gap there and if we can interrupt that We can allow our brains a chance to make a different decision. It's not, it doesn't have to be automatic. You can make another decision. I had a client who had the pattern of stopping at the grocery store in the afternoons. And that's where she would pick up her bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. Her last piece to becoming 100% alcohol-free was she started grocery shopping in the morning.
0: She didn't
1: have a niggle in the mornings to put a bottle of wine in. She only had that in the afternoon. And she grew a feather. She got a feather. Yay. So that was on her plan. And it was truly the last piece that she needed.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. And after that, she was done. People are like the dates come six o'clock, or and so I what I did was I ate earlier. I started to eat with the children. Actually, I started to eat at so my witching hour was about six o'clock. So I just brought my 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 dinner forward to five o'clock, or five thirty, or if I wasn't at home, I'd have some almonds or I'd have something because the blood sugar levels are super important to be maintained, and often we go into a a we crave when our blood sugar levels have dropped. So we need to really maintain those. And just changing that patterning again, eat a bit earlier, which means that so, actually so many people have given feedback that that works an absolute treat. I give that feedback too. Because not only does it shift the pattern, but you're also reestablishing homeostasis, so balance in your blood sugars. And then you can move forward. Besides, you don't need to eat a lot at night anyway. So, um, you know, it's just, you can bring it home a bit earlier a bit earlier you sleep even better because you don't want to be digesting at night anyway so it works really well both ways
1: right and if you're someone who's drinking because you're bored don't wait until 7 Mm p.m to make a decision on how you're going to do something else to not be bored you are at that point your brain is fatigued you don't want to figure it out so if you've decided that you're going to play backgammon Or you're going to call a friend or have the movie picked out in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, tonight I'm going to queue up blah, blah, blah movie. Yeah. I have a client right now who drinks on Wednesday nights because that's when her favorite television program is on. Yeah. And so we simply talked about for her moving the watching of the TV to the bedroom because she doesn't drink in her bedroom.
0: Oh, that's clever. So that's she's really still true.
1: enjoying her TV show. It comes on kind of late. Yeah. And she's then just turning off the TV when she's getting sleeping and falls asleep. She's already in bed. And that's all it's taking for her yeah. to make that shift. Yeah.
0: And then if you went out, for example, let's say so you're going out to a party or a dinner party or again, as a chick, yeah, this changes, but we're talking about the chick stage. Yeah, We haven't grown yet. I haven't grown into a turkey yet. <laughs> I say that because I've got a turkey, right? I have a pet turkey, but in the States, you said it wasn't a good word to use. Yeah,
1: in the States, it usually was a diss that you were a turkey. So I was suggesting that I was not going to be a turkey when I grew up. I was going to be a flamingo and I have a pink shirt on to prove it.
0: So I decided to be a peacock, but I actually have to come back to a turkey because I love my turkey. Anyway, that apart, okay, we digress. So we digress. So if you're going out, for example, and you are a chick, you might find yourself, let's say you're super sociable and you go out every night. You might want to reduce the time, the amount of times you go out. You might want to change the times you want go out. You might want to say no sometimes to things where, it, you know for a fact that you've, you can't resist the three cocktails for price of one or that it's a particular place where, you know, you've had so many memories of drinking, et cetera, et cetera. And just not for, for forever. It's just to let your chick grow a little bit before you start to go out there challenging it with really big things. But let's say you do go to a party. You can, there are some great tactics. First of all, well, you can take your own drink. So you're prepared as to what you're gonna drink. You can also do a thing called visualization, which is amazing. So you just sit down, you foresee, the whole evening ahead of time. So you take your time. What are you wearing? What perfume are you wearing? Hear yourself, put your key in the door, shutting the door, walking to the party, open the door to the party. Everyone's there and give it a really good pink sheen to it. It's a great evening, right? And you're there on fleek. You're living the moment. You're not drinking. Do you want to drink? No, no, I'm good. Thank you very much. I've got my own drink. And you live your evening right till the next morning. You wake up no hangover, feel great. And I know we've spoken about this one before, but it's a brilliant, brilliant tactic. And your brain truly believes that it's been there before. So when you turn up at the party, your brain thinks it already knows that you don't drink in this party. It recognizes where you're at. It's super clever. So that's going in our toolbox.
1: One of the things I love is when I hear my client say, for the first time, someone asks them, if they want to drink and they respond naturally, no, thank you. I'm not a drinker. That moment when you identify as very alcohol-free good. is so exciting. And that's when you've got some feathers. You have feathered up. Now you are always <laughs> strutting around being a peacock. Yes. And I'm flapping my feathers being a flamingo. Okay,
0: I'm oh, not
1: well, I don't know what noises a flamingo makes, but my flamingo would be celebrating at that point. So... But does so
0: that makes sense, right, Lily? So when you, you can see that the process, if you see it like that, and you're at a party and you're tired, and you don't go home, you basically just put your chick in a corner and hope that it's going to survive all by itself, you know, with the risk of being trampled on. Aww. Because you just picked it up and said, okay, I know I'm feeling tired, which actually requires tuning into what you need, yeah? So what I need, I'm tired right now, I'm thirsty right now, or am I hungry right now? To go through those, to give yourself that that respect and also to start to trigger the awareness about the self. And so when you get those questions under your belt and you start to recognize, how am I feeling right now? Oh, I'm thirsty, I want some water. And you glug down your water and you're feeling okay. Or with the chick, I'm tired. Okay, chick, come on, let's go home. Let's go home. Some people
1: feel uncomfortable leaving early or saying no to a party because they feel that they've let someone else down. Very true. This can be a temporary state. And you can make plans with that person on another day. But you have this little baby chick to take care of and it's going to grow up. And you don't want to miss out when they're babies. They're so cute. You don't want to miss out on any of this journey. It is your journey and it is okay. And I am once again, offering permission slips. If you need a permission slip, I will send you one. Coach Lily says, I don't have to go to the party tonight. You can call in sick. You could call in and say, I love you so much and I am exhausted and I need to stay home. Yeah. You can have an excuse prepared in your toolbox for if you want to leave early. If your chimp starts getting tired, have that excuse prepared. So you might even say it as you're walking in the door to your host or hostess. You know what? My babysitter wasn't feeling that great. I need to you know, I might need to leave early if she calls in sick.
0: Language will change as well. As you grow feathers, you'll then be able to say, um, you know me, you know what, if I'm not here, you know, if you don't see me, it's because I've gone home, but don't take it personally. I love you and I'd, I've, I would have had a great time. Right, right. That changes. The language around your sobriety and your alcohol-free experience changes too. Yeah, and that's cause
1: for celebration as well. Every one of those shifts. Something in my toolkit is my glitter bomb and my pom-poms. <laughs>
0: because I
1: love it. With every feather that we grow, we need to celebrate because we celebrate and that is where positive lasting change comes from. So true. Sustainable change. Yeah. It comes from positive emotion. You'll notice there is not a board to swap me with. There's not vinegar <laughs> to spray on my nose. There's not a little electric shock to sting me. And there is not an epitaph of shame in my toolbox. My toolbox only has celebratory things in it because I'm either learning or I'm winning. And Ooh, there is no cool. failure in my toolbox.
0: That's a t-shirt but, right there. Yeah. You're learning or you're winning.
1: If... My little chick has a drink and I'm just going to ask it, hey, little baby bird, what did you learn from that? Yes. And I'm going to celebrate that I learned.
0: Yeah. Because the baby chick is equally about finding, learning about how to show oneself compassion and grace to stop that terrible drop into, into the glue that is shame and guilt where where there's no room to breathe, there's no room to make change, there's no room to celebrate yourself or to uh, to understand or, or or take or 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 take on any knowledge. Do you see what I mean this. You can't take anything on when your brain is glued up with shame and guilt.
1: Yes, shame just stops us in our tracks, and it doesn't do anything. When what? I ask people, so they're feeling ashamed, and I ask them, how is that moving you forward? They, I get the blank stare because it's not. And I ask, does it feel good? And the answer is they always look at me like I'm nuts for asking that question because th- maybe they think I'm dumb. I don't know. I'm not asking it to be a jerk. I am asking it because if it's not moving you forward and it doesn't feel good, then why are you doing it? Yeah. And what's in my toolbox is what does work and what does feel good. Yeah. My toolbox yeah. feels good. Does your toolbox feel good? Mine is a happy yeah. place. Yeah. Can you give me some of your glitter? <laughs> <laughs> I share glitter. It's biodegradable, by the way. My biodegradable glitter I share with everyone.
0: God, I love glitter. Yes. Yes, yes. Right. Let's, should we wrap that up? That was so, I love, I loved that. I just, I loved that. I loved talking because there's so much that goes around that imagery of yes. chick taking, giving that time of chick to whatever bird. Hey guys, you can choose whatever bird you want to be. We would love yes. to know what bird you have chosen to be. I Vegas. do want to know. He went through yes. a few and I was like, no you can't be that one. That's not a nice one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Send
1: us an email of what bird you want to be and if you want a yeah. permission slip from Coach Lily <laughs> cuz I write them freely. No charge.
0: Permission yes. subscribe and leave us a lovely lovely review if possible. Join us again next week. Same time, same place. With Zoe, pleasure. thank you. This has been a blast.
1: If you would like to help others find their joy in an alcohol-free life, please consider leaving us a review and don't forget to subscribe.